Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for the VolQuest podcast, where we dissect the biggest news items of the week. Hey, good Tuesday morning, everybody. Welcome to the Ball Quest podcast. I'm Eric Kane alongside Rob Lewis and Brent Hubbs. Big thank you, as always, to Exterior Home Solutions for making this coverage possible. If you need roofing, siding, windows, garage, contact Exterior Home Solutions today. Uh, they've been local and trusted since 1999. That phone number for a free estimate, 865-524-5888. You can visit them online at exteriorhomesolutions.com. Big week coming up, of course, Tennessee, a 59-3 winner over UConn. We can look back on that for just a little bit, but uh, Tennessee and uh, Missouri on the road this weekend, both 7-2 football clubs, 3-2 in the SEC, a big one coming up on the road this week, Brent Hubs. Yeah, I mean, it is, and, and I think Saturday against UConn was kind of two games within one to, to kind of talk about when, when you look at it. Uh, Rob, there's not a whole lot to make from the veterans. They, Tennessee got them in and out as quick as they could, but then the young guys – it's kind of its own separate storyline. has no effect on this week's game, uh, but some of those young guys showing up and, and the opportunities that they get to play there is a is a good storyline for this team moving forward, whether it was Nico or whether it was Ricky Gibson and, and some of these other young players. They got Addison Nichols and, um, you know, those guys that got a chance. For the veterans, it was exactly what you needed. Get in, get out, get lathered up a little bit, and then get yourself ready for, for Missouri. That's where their focus is. But for Josh Happel and staff, a lot of good stuff to look at from the young guys as you finish out this season and get ready for spring practice. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. At all. And, and Hubbard, I, I don't discount what the old guys did because they they didn't do it in two previous you know opportunities and against non conference opponents. You know where they were heavy favorites and they kind of sleptwalk, you know, or or, or were, were lethargic. And you know we didn't have the opportunity to see all the young kids. So I thought that was. I don't dismiss that as being a nothing. I, th- I think the fact that they were focused and executed and, you know, and had, it was a blowout by halftime. I think that shows growth for this team. But, but yeah, I mean, it, after what you saw on Saturday, it kind of, as a fan, and I would say, especially as a coach, makes you regret even more that you didn't blow Austin P out by halftime, that you didn't, you know, that you weren't up, you know, couldn't take control in the third quarter against ETSA because that was some really good work. I mean, I, 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 I don't want to make too much of it, but I think that was a real benefit to all those those young guys that got some reps on tape that are going to get coached as a result, and for just being out there and seeing what it feels like. I think you kind of go through this, you know, these types of games, and you have a checklist, right? You know, my checklist I wrote about in Big Three: explosive plays, Tennessee, eighty-two yards out of the shoot there from Jalen Wright, sixty yards to Ramel Keaton, eighty-three yards to Squirrel White. You know, check, 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 explosive plays, run game, check quarterback efficiency check that was in defense defensive scores I mean none of us had defense scoring three times but defense didn't allow a touchdown after uh, you know not, not being as tight as you won in pass defense in the first half 200 yards of total offense for UConn the second half only 56 yards so you go down that checklist 
and Tennessee perform well, then you start playing those younger games. You go or those younger guys. You go into that different type of game as Brent was talking about. Let's see what the Addison Nichols at left guard. Let's see what the Ricky Gibsons and and all these other the Cam Seldons. And then let's see what Nico gets. We hadn't really talked about it, guys, but two series. Nico Iamaliava, Nico Iamaliava, there we go. Uh, five of nine, 86 yards and a touchdown. He drew the praise of his head coach, drew the praise of his teammates. In fact, on Monday, Josh Heupel and McAllen Castles had a lot of great things to say about the career touchdown number one from Nico Iamaliava. First one's always a big one uh, as an individual player, you know, for, for Nico and then uh, for the guys around him to, uh, to be excited for him and, and uh, what he did. Um, that's offensive linemen, skill guys, it's Joe, it's, it's everybody. Um, they see the work that he puts in, uh, the type of player that he is, and, and uh, that was a big moment for him. Um, I mean, just for him to go out there and kill it the way he did was awesome to see, especially I practice, get most of my reps with him every, every day, so it kind of just felt second nature, and you know, he was, he was spinning the ball out there, and for me to catch it was a big deal. I, I kept the gloves, I had him sign it today, so those will probably be hanging up in my house after his career here, so pretty cool. I mean, that's a pretty big thing to say. Had him sign the gloves, going to hang him up in his house one day. I mean, uh, the, seeing the team, Brent, congratulate Nico out on the field, that was cool to see. And and hearing some of the guys like McCallum Castles talk on it a couple of days later. Well, I mean, look, we talk about culture, and, and coaches use culture as a, as a catchphrase a lot of times for uh, everything. And, and I think it's an overused word in, in a lot of ways in athletics. But um, you wonder how Nico fit in, right, Rob? I mean, he, here he is. He's from California. It's the wraparound sunglasses, pajama pants, NIL, all those types of things, right? So the first thing you're thinking is potential distraction for this team. You know, going to be a, a bit of a drama guy, going to have, you know, this and that, everything else. He, he's been the furthest thing from that, it sounds like, from everybody you talk to. And I think the way that that team reacted to him on on Saturday after the touchdown pass speaks a lot about what they think of him in the locker room, which I think if you're a Tennessee fan should make you super excited about moving forward with this football program. Yeah. I, I can remember back in his first media opportunity, maybe I, he probably talked in the spring, but this would have been in the fall right before practice started today. We were over there in the complex. And I can remember asking, it was like, Nico, you know, how weird I'm, I'm sure you've probably been, you know, the centerpiece of every football team you've been on you know, since you were in grade school, you know, what's it going to be like now where, you know, if everything goes according to plan, you're, you're hardly going to play at all. And, you know, he it almost, I don't want to say he was looking forward to it because that's probably too strong, but it wasn't like, you know, he, he, he was chafing at the bid or anything like that. And I don't know if this makes sense, but he, you got Eric, you, you, you've been in athletics, however, you, you've been around a million teams. I think there are some guys that are, are good little brothers, you know, that, that come in and, you know, the older guys like him, they, they want to take him under their wing. They want to teach him, you know, and, and Nico, ha you know, despite, you know, being a, you know, total alpha dog when it, when it's his turn, he, he kind of has that. If, if that makes sense, you know, he's not, he's not off putting for the older guys. He's not like he's, you know, trying to steal their limelight or anything. He's, he's very comfortable, you know, being here, waiting his turn, learning. And I, and I think the dynamic with him and Joe Milton is, is really, you know, the best example of that. Cause if anybody's going to be threatened, by, by Nico, it's it's Joe Milton, and he's probably his biggest fan. I think there's important to remember this as well because I remember back in whether it was spring, Rob, or whether it was you know prior to fall camp, you know asking Nico these questions, and, and he's a competitor. I mean, he he's an athlete. He's here for a reason. He wants to play. 
But he also acknowledges, like you just kind of said, if all goes well, now I'm going to be the backup. You know, this team's going to have success. And how can I contribute? And I remember him saying in that press conference a while ago, like, hey, I want to be a sponge. I want to learn. I'm going to have a willingness to learn. I want to be to Joe what Joe was to Nico. And that's another set of eyes, another coach on the sideline, just a resource. And when he said that, I'm like, man, this kid kind of gets it. And, and again, he's not content. Like, he, does, he wants to be out there playing, but knowing what his role is. And he served that role really well, continued to serve that role. Um, but you get in the football game, and you should have played a lot more. Against, you should have played against Austin P. didn't. Should have played more against UTSA. And you get two series and a blowout win, Brent. And, and I thought that, man, his, his pocket presence, absolutely his best trait so far. His ability to move around, step up, sidestep, go throw on the run. He was really, really important. He was erratic a little bit. He missed high, he missed low, and that's going to happen. But just to have a feel for the game, taking off for a gain of 25 on third down, that was great to see from a freshman quarterback. Yeah, I like his eyes. I mean, you know, yeah, there's a feel in the pocket, which you got to have. But, I mean, his eyes seemingly um, stay where they're supposed to be. Um, you know, he doesn't drop them when he takes off running or, or he slips out of the pocket. He's always looking for another play down there. I mean, to, to me, when you watch him play, he's a guy who's got a bit of an it factor, it feels like. Now, we'll see. We've not seen him against any competition. But, Robbie does look like, to me, a guy who's been pretty well coached through the years at playing quarterback, not being a thrower, not being just a seven-on-seven thrower, but a guy who understands playing quarterback. Yeah, and man, I don't, I, I don't mean he's going to be this good or he's going to win the Heisman Trophy, but who he reminds me of, and physically they're a little different, but the way they move, the poise they show, and kind of their, their build. Although you know Nico's a lot taller, he reminds me of Bryce Young. He just, he doesn't. It does again. Small sample size. Not saying he's going to, you know, do everything that Price. Mark it down. Heisman Trophy winner, <laughs> number just, one overall in the draft. I mean, he's just smooth. He's calm. And when he runs, he's not. He's not running a four three, but he's elusive. He's got a little wiggle. Um, you know, like what Hubbard said about him keeping his eyes downfield. I mean, you saw it. His longest, you know, completion of the day was the one where he slipped out of the pocket and found Caleb Webb, you know, on, on the sidelines downfield. So just, I just, there's just a lot to lie. I'm, I'm going to say there is no reason. To slow to, to temper your expectations based off our small sample size. <laughs> and Hubs and I talked about it on the Rocky Top Rewind. I mean, that's a play where step up in the pocket, move, you know, running, you know, horizontally and, and keeping the eyes down the field. Caleb Webb coming back to help his quarterback catching it and then getting upfield. Uh, again, that was really, really good to see. Nico performed well. We talk about Ricky Gibson a lot. David Hobbs gets in there. Of course, these linebackers have been playing a lot. Cam Seldon got some extended runs from those linemen. Nathan Leacock got in the game later at wide receiver. Um, Ethan Davis, uh, uh, Rob, I think is a guy that kind of shined a little bit. Who were some of those younger guys that we haven't gotten to see play that kind of kind of jumped off the screen a little well, bit? I mean, you, got, you rattled everybody off. I mean, pretty yeah. much. I mean, I thought you know Selden. I mean, just got six carries, but just I mean, you can you can see why why, why they like what what they have there. Ethan Davis, man, just you know slap that kid in the weight room and you know make sure he takes two peanut butter sandwiches back to the dorm every night because he he looks like, like he's got all the potential. But, I, you know, it was it was just great to see those guys. I mean, Nico obviously, you know, stole the show. I think Hobbs quietly has been really, really good, you know, this fall playing more and more and, you know, just cannot stress how much of a benefit it is. I think it is to get those young guys those kind of reps, even if it is against UConn or Austin Peay or whoever. Well, and that's that's what November that's what those November games are supposed to be about. If you're going to play them, right? And, and everybody plays one of them. I mean, we've got the week coming up here, I guess, and another week where 
half the league is playing one of those games. Um, while Tennessee's playing Georgia. So everybody gets one in November. And, and I wrote about this and talked about it, you know, last week. I, I think this game has taken on a greater level of importance than it ever has because of roster management and, and, and the decisions you're having to make as a coaching staff, decisions you're making as a player on, you know, where you fit into the program, what the coaches think of you. Hey, this guy's ready. Hey, he needs more time. We got to go to the portal to get some help. I mean, I think this game um, takes on a greater importance than it ever has. And I think that's why when Josh Heupel was asked on Tuesday or Monday, excuse me, about, um, you know, playing it all the way out, right? You're playing your offense till the end. I mean, you can't make an evaluation about how a guy fits in your offense if it's bleed the play clock down to zero and you hand it off three times. You got to let those guys play to make an evaluation on, on kind of where you are. And it's not just Nico. I mean, the, the, the 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 reps all of those guys got. I mean, um, are just are just really really important reps for for Tennessee and, and at all positions. So I think this game has a much greater importance than it had four or five years ago. This this one throwaway non conference, you know, game, you know, payday game, if you will, in the month of November. Um, it's just a it's a very different game than, than it than it was years. I mean, like. Like, you don't think those throws with Gaston Moore were evaluation throws, Rob? I mean, like, because you're trying to decide who's your back, who's going to be your backup quarterback next year, okay? I mean, you're probably not going to get a guy to come in as a transfer. Can Gaston Moore play that position as a backup for you until Jake Mertlinger gets ready? Or do you really go try to find somebody in, in the portal? Um, you know, those are things you make those decisions based on some of the reps that those guys got. That's why you got to play it out, even though it makes opposing coaches mad from time to time. Yeah, I mean, and I, you know, I, I can see coaches getting mad, but I also think that they're they're all in the same boat. They should be able to understand it. And I would add, positionally, I'm not saying you're going to totally base your decision on what you saw in the second half, but I mean, I think it's those offensive linemen. I mean, we've all talked. I mean, what's you know, what are Tennessee's needs in the portal? You know, which of those offensive linemen, you know, that are freshmen, sophomore, first, second year players, who who's legit going to turn into an SEC player? I'm not sure that. They saw enough on Saturday to make that determination, but they saw more than they have at any other point this year to at least start to decipher what your needs are going to be in the portal. For reasons you guys already mentioned, I just a little sidebar here. I I can't stand when coaches get mad about you know a team trying to show them up or run up the scoreboard. There's a clear difference. I mean, when you have now last year Missouri, there can be something there. Of course, I remember Joe Milton took a shot to squirrel wide, got it down inside the five, and they punched it in there. But still, that's your second team offense. You have Gasson Moore, you have Navy Schuler, you have all these offensive linemen. You know, got, allow them to run the offense. They give your defense a scout every single day. It's again your third, fourth stringers in there. Allow them to run the offense. I've never understood coaches getting upset about running up the score whenever it's third and fourth stringers in there. And that's what Tennessee did on Saturday. So well, I've really never understood it when you just cashed a seven-figure check. To, exactly. To play the game. Yeah. Well, and and listen. You can be mad at and you can, and I don't know if that's what Jim, if that's what Moore was mad about. I know there was the pregame stuff, you know, skull or dust up, if you will, whatever that that was. But I mean, if he don't think Tennessee could have scored, could have scored more points in the fourth quarter, then he ain't paying attention to where he's at, and where his football team was. I mean, if they'd have went fast, maybe Schuler would have had a touchdown drive. Yep. I mean, they could have scored there if they wanted to score, um, and and they didn't. Um, so I mean. But again, I think there is 
I think it's of greater importance with the transfer portal and decision kids are making and the decisions you have to make with roster management. I think it's more important to do that now than it's ever been, and coaches better get used to it. I'm with you, Rob. You don't make a complete evaluation on a dozen fourth-quarter snaps or 12 fourth-quarter snaps, but if you don't get those snaps, you don't have anything to base any kind of in-game evaluation on. So they are meaningful, and they are more meaningful than they're ever than they have ever been, and that's my point. Re-recruiting your roster—it happens all across the country in the month of December. Coaches, again, people complain about coaches making all this money. They've never <laughs> sure it's it's a pretty penny. I get it, but with everything they have to do besides coaching football nowadays, um, it, it's worth every penny because there's so much going on, and that's why those snaps are so critical. Uh, in the fourth quarter. Hey, we'll come back. Let's shift the gear to Missouri. Huge game coming up on Saturday. Really good offense, good quarterback, good run game, an NFL receiver, and a solid defense. What did Josh Heupel, what did some players have to say about Missouri earlier this week? We'll touch on that here in just a moment. Do want to give a a big shout-out to a proud sponsor of the show. That is Bird Dogs. Stretch khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, and they work just like Lululemon, but they fit way better. Why is that? Well, they fit better because... Those regular shorts have stiff, restricting cotton, but Bird Dogs fix that issue by inventing a cloud knit, knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches to give you a slimmer fit without sacrificing movement. Plus, Bird Dogs uses anti-stink swicking fabric and that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Well, I like Bird Dogs, the versatility. Again, just like what I said a moment ago, you look good, but you feel good. You can move around, stretch. You can go to meetings. You can go to church. You can go to the bar with the boys. Whatever the case may be, slack, shorts, they have all different types of colors, and you can check them out as well by going to birddogs.com and use that promo code VQ, birddogs.com VQ, enter the promo code VQ, and when you put that in there, you're going to get a free Hydro Flask water bottle with your first order. That's birddogs.com slash VQ, promo code VQ for VolQuest for a free Hydro Flask water bottle with your order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. And as always, a big thank you and a shout out to Exterior Home Solutions for being the presenting sponsor of the VolQuest podcast. It's one of those phone calls that you hate to get from your kids. Hey, Dad, a tree fell on my house. Well, we got that call a couple of weeks back from our daughter at her house here. And the first call that I made was to Exterior Home Solutions. The peace of mind that they gave me and us as a family when they came out here and came up with a plan, got us connected with the right people, is absolutely priceless. Use the same people that I use. In that time of need, Exterior Home Solutions. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Thanks to Exterior Home Solutions for being a part of our show here today. Tennessee flipping the page now to Missouri. Rob Lewis, this is not your typical Missouri team of 2022-2021. Offense is coming around for Eli Drake. Went 7-2, and 3-2 in SEC play. Brady Cook can spin it. Uh, Cody Schrader is leading the SEC in rushing. Luther Burden is a really good wide receiver. Look at that offense. Um, it's going to create some problems for Tennessee's defense, but I think, like Josh Heupel said on Monday, Rob, it all starts with the run. You've got to shut down the run and then kind of see where you go there defensively. Yeah, I mean, they want to be really balanced and, and have been, you know, for most of the year. I mean, Burden gets gets a lot of height, but but really, you know, Cook is, has improved a lot. Um as a junior it was just doing some preliminary stuff today for the matchup. And he's the biggest thing that jumped out to me is he's averaging more than two, a, a two full yards per attempt as a thrower. That That's a big jump. He went from 7.1 to 9.2, um, which is significant. I think Bert, you know, Burton's probably a factor in that. And I'll tell you another one, um, Missouri's protecting the passer. I mean, he's able to hang in the pocket. He's only been sacked 16 times this year. Um, so he's able to, you know, hang in there and, and get downfield. And another part, they, they have better balance, Eric, as you mentioned, with the running, uh, the running attack. Schrader's leading the league. Um, they're averaging a little right, right at 150 get yards per game on the ground. They had 151 yards rushing at Georgia, which you know jumped out at me. That's the second most the Bulldogs have, have given up this year. So, you know, they're with doing that at, on the road at Athens. You know, meant something to be meant those offensive numbers aren't smoke and mirrors. I mean, they were able to move the football, you know, consistently all, all day on Georgia. And, um, you know, I think it's going to be a test. I'm going to be kind of fascinated. I, I wrote about this, but, you know, does Heifel have Missouri's number? I mean, it, it, they've been more dominant against them than, than anybody that they played. Is, is, there a, is there something schematic about this? I mean, I guess we're, we're going to find out on Saturday because Missouri's obviously way better. I just wonder. You know, it's uh, I believe this. It's a Tennessee's outscored them by eighty points combined. I can tell you right now, twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two games. Tennessee's outscored Missouri one hundred and twenty eight to forty eight. Yeah, Tennessee has points. racked up one thousand four hundred and seven yards of total offense in those two games alone. Tennessee has rushed for seven hundred and twenty two yards in those games alone. So, Rob, you might be onto something about maybe having the. I, mean, number, I don't know. I I just, say, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see. You, you had Wilkes that called – Steve Wilkes called the defense in 2021, and Tennessee ran for literally almost 500 yards. And they've got Brady or whatever his name – not Brady Cook, he's a quarterback. Blake Baker has been the D.C. the last couple of years. So a little bit different, uh, Brent, but Tennessee has had success against Missouri, but I do feel like Saturday is going to be a different story. Well, I mean, you know, matchups are funny, you know, and, and it's strange. I mean, there are times that Tennessee's probably not been better than Kentucky, but Tennessee has, has found a way to win it. Uh, nobody, Florida. Yeah. I mean, nobody, and nobody in this conference the last two years has played Georgia better than Missouri has. I mean, Missouri had a chance to win the game at Missouri a year ago, and they're in that game in the fourth quarter in Athens this year. Uh, if they don't throw the interception there, so matchups are kind of quirky and and you never know, you know, somebody got something that's figured something out or understand something, you know, Missouri's offense gets a lot of talk and, and, and rightfully so they're much more explosive. Uh, you look at their explosion numbers or their their plays of 20-plus yards. Um, you've got to defend them vertically more than you ever have, and and now you got the run game in there, which has created some balance for them. So their play-action stuff means more than it's ever meant. The, the, to me, the big change for them is they're much better – they're much more competitive defensively than, than where they've been in the last couple of years. Two years ago, they were a train wreck, obviously, with, with Wilkes. But 
they're starting to get a little bit more of an identity on defense, that they're playing better in the line of scrimmage. Can they stymie Tennessee's run game? Uh, or is this going to be a high score and, you know, shoot them out type game? Uh, we'll be interested to see. I, I do think Missouri's defense, while not great, has made more strides than probably they get credit for because everybody's talking about, you know, Drinkwood's offense and, and Brady Cook, who, who who has obviously been much better. But kind of secretly, they've gotten a little, they've gotten better on defense to make them more competitive. And, Rob, you look at it on paper, you look at Missouri's defense. They're fifth in the league, give up 114 yards on average. It's a really solid number, respectable number. So what Tennessee gave up on average last year, and I think that was second in the conference by season's end. Anyway, but you, you look at the nitty-gritty of it, and anybody with a pulse that has a run game, um, it's not been as great. Kansas State earlier this year, 138 rushing yards. That's not, not a huge day, but it's a good day. Uh, LSU, and, of course, Jaden Daniels is a big part of that. 274 yards allowed on the ground. Kentucky, Ray Davis, 179 yards on the ground. And then against Georgia, Georgia ran for 131 yards on the ground. So, uh, Rob, there's opportunity for the SEC's best rushing attack and Jalen Wright, Jabari Small, Dylan Sampson, and Joe Milton to find some yards on the ground this week. Yeah, you would think so. I, I, you do a good job pointing that out, you see, about you know what, what their numbers you know, really look like. But L LSU really skews that. That's the only one yeah. that – that jacked them up um, really good. But also, if you look at Tennessee's numbers and, and the defenses that they have gone up against to, to be the leading um, rushing defense in the, in the SEC, it makes it look even more impre impressive. They're, Texas A&M is second in the league. Kentucky's fourth in the league. Alabama is sixth in the league. I mean, they face three of the top you know six run defenses in the conference in, the, in their five conference games, and they'll see – two other of the top five in, in Georgia and Missouri. So, I mean, ten, my point being, Tennessee is not padding those numbers up against, you know, cupcakes. When they played the bet, Texas A&M was leading the league in rushing defense when they played them. Tennessee just, you know, smoked them. What was it, 230 yards? Kentucky was second in the league um, in rushing defense. Kentucky and Tennessee went for 250 yards. So, I, I think that's the matchup that, you know, I know Missouri's numbers look okay, but like like you're pointing out, EC, I, I think that, that Tennessee – I'll be surprised if Tennessee doesn't win that matchup. Brent, I look at Missouri's defense, and we kind of spoke on it a moment ago. It kind of looks balanced. They've got a couple guys on the edge to get after the quarterback. Um, they got a couple really nice edge rushers the last couple of years, and they're gone. They're in the NFL now. But you got Darius Robinson, Johnny Walker. Yes, that's his name. They do a good job of getting after the quarterback up front. Tyron Hopper is a veteran linebacker in this league. I feel like he's been there a decade. He's still there. And then in the back end, you have a you have a true NFL prospect at cornerback and Chris Abrams drain. He has four interceptions on the season, 11 PBUs. Uh, again, it, it's a defense that's improving. Middle of the road numbers wise in the SEC, but pretty well balanced from the front line to linebacker to the defensive backfield. Yeah, and they're not great, but they're so much better than they've been the last couple yeah. of years statistically. Now, we'll see how it matters out. I mean, it's interesting because Tennessee is still – but when they kick this game off on Saturday, Tennessee's still going to be very much in the in the hunt, possibly for the SEC East. Now, Georgia can end that against Ole Miss Saturday night, but but we'll see what happens there. Yet, despite all that, to me, it feels like the pressure's on Missouri in this game. But but because I mean, you haven't they haven't been competitive against Tennessee the last two years, Rob, and so it, it feels like that this is more about can Missouri take the next step than it is about Tennessee. If Tennessee wins, it'll be, yeah, what well, Tennessee's supposed to win. They always beat Missouri. 
right? They, they've got their number. If they lose, then it'll be, wow, Missouri's really, really taking a step forward. Uh, I think it's more on Missouri than, than necessarily from a pressure standpoint than it is Tennessee because can Missouri make, you know, a statement, so to speak. Sure. And, and you know, from Missouri, this is, this is the best team you've had in what, 10 years? Close to it since whenever they since you won the East or since yeah, they stumbled since into the, the since they stumbled to Atlanta, um, you know you're at home, you're a ranked team, and and like Hubbard said, this is a a series that Tennessee has just owned. And, and meanwhile, you know they they've had a really good season, especially considering where they've come from. But they don't really have a great win. I mean, Kansas State is that the one? You know, you're going to hang your hat on that winning on you know you won on the road at Kentucky, but you know this would be this would by far you know be be their best win. And if you really want to, you know, make a statement and say you really took a step forward this season, I, I think having, you know, one that you could circle like this, you know, for, for just semantics, it, it would make their year look so much better if they could get this one. Speaking of playing on the road, Rob, are we ready to put the, the narrative um, that Tennessee struggles on the road behind us? Uh, in terms of crowd noise, that type of stuff, Tennessee was not affected at, at, um, at Alabama. Tennessee was not affected at Kentucky. Of course, Tennessee got back to running the football on the road at Kentucky, something it couldn't do traditional style at Alabama nor at Florida. Tennessee won at Kentucky, of course. Are we ready to say that Tennessee um, not going to lay a goose egg on the road where dating back to last November up until the Kentucky game, really Tennessee did struggle on the road some? I don't think it matters in this game. If you can't close in one end of your stadium, then you, you don't that, that, doesn't even cl- that doesn't even come up for discussion. You know, I think of the thing about Tennessee, I, I mean, yeah, Rob's right. It's not a hostile environment, okay? I mean, and this is their best team. It's still not going to be a hostile more, environment. It's more, not more like, or less just performing away from home because, again, like Florida, Tennessee didn't look like itself. Second half, Alabama, Tennessee didn't look like itself. But, of course, it, against Kentucky, Tennessee very much looked like itself. Well, what they did against Kentucky is they played, they played 60 minutes. Okay, I mean, Florida, they got the lead at the end of the first quarter and then they decided to that they just no showed in, in the second quarter and, and put the game out of reach where they couldn't get back into it because they had 15 minutes that they just didn't. They played bad, played bad football. Okay, I mean, defensively, they were bad. Offensively, they didn't have any rhythm. That was a bad quarter of football um, at Alabama. Um, the third quarter was a bad quarter. You have a bus to start the second half, really bust two plays, give up points. You have the the crazy fair catch thing that messes you up there. Then you go for it, and, and all of a sudden you've given the game away before you ever got into the fourth quarter of that football game. So for me, it's not so much about Tennessee's great road struggles, like they're not ready to play or they can't handle this. It's about it's about playing sixty minutes on the road. They they did that against Kentucky. They they played. Uh, much closer to a 60-minute football game. They weren't perfect. They played much closer to a 60-minute game against Kentucky, even though they let Leary look like, you know, a, a Johnny Unitas, um, you know, a, a watch list guy um, at that point. But they did take away the run. So, t- to me, it's about playing 60 minutes on the road. Do, don't have that mental lapse, that lull that, that puts you in trouble like it did at Florida and Alabama. Rob, is Tennessee good enough to win on the road if you do just that? I mean, I I asked Josh Heupel this on Monday. When you have a team that's really balanced, much like Tennessee, but this being uh, Missouri, that runs the football well, can throw it around. How do you how do you balance trying to trying to stop both? He said you've got to you got to you got to stop the run because you can do everything off the run. If Tennessee follows the script it did against Kentucky, 
shut down the run, allow Brady Cook to you know win the game with his arm. Is Tennessee good enough offensively to kind of keep score, you know, score, score, score on the road and win this football game? I mean, I we'll see. Obviously, I mean, I, I think they are. And again, I just, I just I have a lot of faith in that ground game, and it's because, uh, like I said, I'll reiterate just who they have had their success against, and I, I just think can I, I think. You know, they're good to, to lean on, but you do have to stop the run. But, you know, Tennessee's got, the, at this point, statistically the best defense in, in the SEC in doing just that. So, I mean, I don't think it'll be easy, and I'm not going to be surprised if Missouri wins, but I, I think line of scrimmage-wise, I think Tennessee has the advantage. And, you know, I think that's, I think that'll show up. Now, now they do have to stop the run because I, I know, Hubbard, you wrote about this. You know, the pass rush is, has not been getting home since the, since the first half at Alabama. It's been – it's been a dry road. So, but I, you know, get, get Missouri in third and seven, keep them in third and eight, third and nine, and you, you can change that. But then that, that's another huge reason why you have to stop the run. Yeah. I think that inside pressure has just got to show up uh, in this game. I, I really do. I don't know that they have to get home with a bunch of sacks, but man, they're, they're just, those outside guys are coming way up field. They're kind of getting pushed out and it's creating this, this, pocket for the quarterback to step up and get very comfortable in and uh, Devin Leary was comfortable in it and threw for 300 yards and for a while Roberson was comfortable with it in the first half now Tennessee in the second half flipped that script and got in his face he's throwing off the back foot he throws two pick sixes they have got to get in Cook's face and, and make him uncomfortable I don't think you can just rely on James Pierce to try to get home off the edge Tennessee's inside push has got to get back to where it was earlier in the year I, I don't think since the half at Alabama they've done it. They've done a great job there. Were they held? Yeah, they've been held. I mean, but guess what? It, I mean, there's two things. There's three things we're not seeing in college football very often right now. One, they're not calling defensive pass interference very often. Okay, they're kind of letting you do whatever you want to do out there. Two, they're not calling many holding calls. And three, I, I guess they put a chip in the football to mark the football because. When's the last time somebody brought the sticks out to measure for a first down? Okay, if you don't think it's about speed, trying to speed the game up, I'll give you the, I'll give you a couple of examples right there. Right? I mean, so you're not going to get a bunch of holding calls. Is my point? You, you got to fight through it, and you still got to find a way schematically. You got to find a way with your hands, your hips, to get in Brady Cook's face and not let him step up and, and be really comfortable throwing the football. You can't just rely on that outside edge pressure. And Rob, if I'm Tennessee's corners, if I'm Gabe Judy Lolly, if I'm Danico Slaughter, Turnage, Gibson, I mean, whoever the heck's out there, I am playing physical on Luther Burden, on Theo Wees, on Mookie Cooper, not holding because they're calling defensive holdings. We've seen that a lot this year, but I'm playing physical. And, and sure, if they throw a flag, they throw a flag, but more times than not, they're not going to throw a flag. So I would be very physical with my hands, especially if you're playing press man. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a lot to add. I mean, I think Hubbard makes some good points. I mean, we're getting, we're into November now and, you know, it just keeps looking more true. Well, I mean, you know, we, we had the, we had the great holding penalty at the end of the first half in the Alabama LSU game. I mean, that was in, in a meaningless snap that they called a hold. I mean, they're just letting him play, right? I mean, that's just the way it is. What's targeting? It's, you just you just gotta you, you can't worry about all that. You got to figure out a way, and Tennessee's got to figure out a way to get some inside push and get that back because they were really good with that early in the year. Um, I, I thought they were. I thought that was. I thought that was underrated earlier in the year because it was James Pierce making all the plays and, and Tyler Barron. Everybody's talking about that outside stuff. The, the inside push was really good, creating some of those sacks. Tennessee's got to get that inside push back this week 
against Missouri. Um, and yeah, play physical. Because what's I mean, if they throw it, okay, it's going to be one of those type of games. Because typically, it's not been one of those types of games in college football. I mean, that that deal at the end of Oklahoma, Oklahoma State was like, what in the world? Um, so, I mean, I would play physical until I, somebody flagged me because I just don't know how much they're going to flag you right now. You blink and it's almost over. Three games left in the regular season. They're all important for Tennessee. Obviously, the next two very important, but the most important one. It's coming up Saturday on the road at Missouri. Again, both teams 7-2, and 3-2 inside SEC play. It's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be a really good game. And Brent Hubs, there's no better place to get ready for that matchup. Tons of preview content. We'll have the Rocky Top Roundtable tomorrow, the Mailbag Podcast on Thursday, Rob's matchup piece on Thursday, Game Quest, 10 Things I Think I Think. I mean, we've um, kind of get in a groove here in the football season, uh, but no better place to get ready for Missouri than over at VolQuest.com right now. Absolutely, and we're in the crossover month. You got basketball, got full basketball coverage. Tennessee's got a Friday night matchup in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, which is a a, a great early season matchup. It's kind of lost on a Friday night, uh, right ahead of a college football weekend and and everything else going on. But there's great basketball stuff going on. Good coverage on the basketball front. Getting ready for a huge visit weekend against Georgia. We'll start diving into some of that stuff that later this week. Matt will have that uh, some of that stuff and trail tidbits on Wednesday. Uh, just a ton going on right now. This is a this is a busy, busy month with a lot of things happening. Big time football games, early season basketball games that are important for this team. We're going to cover it all for you at VolQuest. And complete coverage of Game One of the Fall World Series from Kodak, Tennessee at Smoky Stadium. That'll be at VolQuest.com on Thursday evening. Exterior Home Solutions. Big thank you to them for being a part of the show. Um, if you need roofing, siding, windows, a garage, contact Exterior Home Solutions today. Again, they've been local and trusted since 1999. A free estimate, 865-524-5888. And as always, Solutions.com. For Rob Lewis, Sprint Hubs, I'm Eric Kane. Big thank you guys for being here. Get those questions in for the Mailbag Podcast on Thursday. And enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, everybody. You've been listening to the VolQuest podcast every week here on VolQuest. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.